0: Good morning. As we said yesterday, today begins the writing carnival portion of the Reading Marathon and Writing Carnival. And after chapel today, the final reader will be Josh Stevens, and the carnival will begin, and lunch will be provided for you there on the mall. A number of games will also be there for you to try out, whether it's the six-word story or the caption contest or the Harry Potter trivia contest. Uh, Maybe it's even uh, something like uh, a haiku or some other creative work. The other thing that is new this year is an escape room. So don't miss out on that and I hope you enjoy it. Today though it'll be a little bit lighter than yesterday. We're just going to look briefly at the idea of who knew surprises in Harry Potter. And if you think about the texts that are there, look on the screen there, you see that you know in the first novel, you know, we have the sorcerer's stone. What's going on with that? What is the sorcerer's stone? Who is Nicholas Flamel? All these mysteries need to be solved. Or the chamber of secrets. What is the chamber of secrets? What is it holding? How do we get there? What is this diary? And as the stories continue, we continue to wonder about the prisoner of Azkaban. We continue to wonder about the Triwizard Tournament and how Harry's name even got put in and how we'll make it through all the challenges. Or what is the job of the Order of the Phoenix and what's going on with this prophecy? Or who is the Half-Blood Prince and what's going on with Snape? And what's going on with Dumbledore? And what's going on with Draco? All these questions are part of the narrative that continues to propel us forward to the last novel, The Deathly Hallows. What are the Deathly Hallows? How does one possess them? What does it mean? How will Harry overcome? All these questions continue to plague us or prompt us or uh, encourage us to keep reading. That's how you get a series of seven books. It's also how you, you continue to keep people wanting to know more. And that idea of withholding knowledge is a common trait in all literature. But it's the idea that the mystery has to be solved. And Harry's own life is a mystery that ultimately comes to some degree of resolution. But what we'll look at today includes other kinds of surprises. Like if you're traveling on Russian public transportation, you just might find Hagrid sitting there, perhaps Dumbledore, maybe Snape. It could even be Professor Quirrell with Dumbledore uh, with uh, Voldemort still on the back of his head. You have Harry, of course, McGonagall. Just everywhere you look, there are people who seem so familiar. Even Dr. Carroll, dressed up today as Rita Skeeter. And the same rule applies, uh, don't tell her anything. This next one, you know, this is, she's a real piece of work, uh, just <laughs> awful. And don't even get me started on Umbridge. I mean, it's just it's a real mess. She dressed up this way five years ago um, and ten years ago. So the next one, I don't even know what's going on here, but every year there has to be someone who, who prepares us. Uh, defense against the dark arts. Uh, you have to be prepared for whatever comes against you. We also have doppelgangers. It could be Polly Juice, we're not sure, but Tony Parnell and Ruby's Hatter. We have a recent addition to our, our faculty here. Uh, with Dr. Gallagher. Perhaps he also, <laughs> Mountain of a Man from the Mountains, uh, like Professor Haggard. And I'm not sure about this next one. Maybe it's just an odd... <laughs> I don't even know. It's not really, but... This one, however, I think, may we may be onto something here with... There's a couple of turkeys here with bespectacled friends. This one, I think, there may be something again here with Professor Lupin and Dr. Byers, I don't know about this, and maybe it's just (laughs) the lighting, I don't know, Draco, Malfoy. Our own Hermione Granger, though, is, I think, a perfect fit uh, for Dr. Ellis. And then there's all kinds of, of similarities, but then there are times when somebody doesn't look at all like you thought, or you're surprised at how things turned out in the novel. Surprises in Harry Potter, maybe it was some sort of spell, unexpected pubertinum, something like that that converted him somehow. You know, I don't know, maybe he kissed the frog, maybe the frog kissed him, maybe it was more than that. Um, Pretty complex spell to be able to, and he was never good at potions. I don't understand it, but something happened for him. And I don't know, the sweep the leg guy from Cobra Kai is is basically, and Cobra Kai is a type of snake, Slytherin, there's something going on there. I don't know exactly what it is, but there's eerie similarities in this multiverse of ours. But the real idea for today, the actual topic, is about dangerous books and hidden truth. That all the way through the story, we have these books. And in the plot of almost all of them, there's something that they shouldn't be messing with, something they have to to deal with or engage in, that is a little bit suspicious, a little bit risky, a little bit dangerous, even. And so as we look at this first idea, dangerous books in Harry Potter, it's not too hard to find that some of them scream at you. You go to the restricted section of the library. In fact, it's important to realize that at Hogwarts, not every book was accessible to children. That's a reality in our world. It's a reality in theirs. There's some things they shouldn't delve into, things that they shouldn't pursue, questions maybe they should hold for later. But the restricted section of the library often held hints and truths that they needed to know to be able to combat a very evil world around them. Then there were the silly ones, like The Monster Book of Monsters that attacked Harry, that Hagrid prescribed as one of the books for his semester. But that's nothing compared to The Diary of Tom Riddle. And this one has eerie similarities to our own world. I mean, imagine a world where people would engage in a conversation and they have no way of knowing who it really is on the other end of the screen. Imagine a world where children might be preyed upon by someone who wants to take advantage of them. Or someone who wants to use... This is Tom Riddle. This is this mysterious diary, and Harry is foolish enough to pursue it and ask that question, the great mystery, do you know anything about the Chamber of Secrets? And he gets sucked into this, and so does Ginny, tragically so. Lots of reasons why they might seek out something like that, but it's never good. And as Ginny's own mom says, you never trust anything where you don't know where it keeps its brain. If you don't know who it is, if you don't know the real person behind the page, behind the screen. Eventually, we find that this diary is actually a horcrux. It, it contains a portion of Voldemort's soul. It's evil in and of itself. and has to be destroyed and is destroyed at great cost, but with great purpose. Then there is someone like Dolores Umbridge. I laughed at her a bit, but she's truly awful. And I think it's the smile that does it. Even in the side-by-side, Dr. Carroll was kind of smirking a bit, looking down, but it's the smile that's so unnerving. She looks and acts as though she means no harm, but everything she does is harmful. And one of the main things she does to these students is starts restricting the books that they're allowed to read. And it's not like she's keeping them from the bad books, the evil books. She's keeping them from the truth. She's keeping them from protecting themselves. She's keeping them in the dark about darkness and not helping prepare them for the evil they have to face and must face in order to free the world of the evil that she represents. She's the one who punishes people with writing. Now, I don't know anybody who would punish people by making them write. But what a sad commentary on our world if that were so. At least it's not five to seven hands. It's just the one hand. I must not tell lies. But in that classroom, on those days when Umbridge is asserting her authority and asserting her will, you see her at every turn finding some way to shut down anything that would let the truth get out. Imagine a world where people try to control what people thought, or try to influence the media, or try to influence what you thought. Imagine a world where people would buy used books and use them in class and trust the things that people write in them. I don't know what knucklehead may have had the book before you, but don't trust their notes. Do the work yourself. This book is the property of the Half-Blood Prince, and it has all kinds of spells and hints and suggestions, and it seems to go well for Harry. It helps him excel in potions. It makes Hermione mad that shes he's doing better than she is. But ultimately, it also contains things he doesn't understand, things that he doesn't really know the source of, and ultimately it causes great harm when he uses Sectum Simpra, a curse against enemies, against Draco Malfoy, and almost kills him, except for the intervention of Snape. These moments in the story where They're following after, seeking after, delving into books that contain dangerous things and sources that lead them to places they don't fully grasp or understand or know. These are dangerous things. Now it was dangerous times, and they resorted to measures that worked for them as they could, but ultimately, they had to get warned over and over. You would think that Harry would have learned his lesson with the diary and not taken up that book that he didn't fully understand, but he fell for it again. And it was Jenny who helped him put it away for good. Sometimes we have to intervene in the lives of our friends and loved ones when they're going down a path that we know is bad because we've been there. And they know it's bad, but they're not willing to see it. And they need us to help them see that more clearly. The other idea is hidden truth in Harry Potter. Again, it's part of how any novel would work, and it's in every single one of them. In the beginning, in the first novel, they've got to find out who is Nicholas Flamel. They're going to the library. They're doing research. Well, Hermione's doing research. Harry and Ron are just kind of sitting there. She's the one who does so much of the work for them and helps them learn what they will not learn from themselves. But they also find, as we said in, in Book 2, the Chamber of Secrets, the mysteries there, the diary. And in Book 3, it's the Grim. Who is this creature, this beast who's following Harry? Is it a portent of evil? Is it a portent of death? And then they come across, again, a document they don't fully understand. It's, it's quite dangerous. Lupin warns Harry about this, but he still follows this marauder's map because to him, it's cool. To him, it's handy. To him, it's to his advantage. But he doesn't really understand it, and he needs to be more humble in the face of things that he doesn't fully understand. It does help them, though, personally. It helps him know that it was put together by friends of his father, that his own father prongs, along with Mooney and Padfoot, and this last one. We have Wormtail. Wormtail, the one that, that he will later realize had a lot to do with the death of his parents. These mysteries continue to unravel, and we also have this challenge the Wizard Cup and tournament. And they have to figure out what to do with each of these challenges. They do their research. They do what they can. They get a little help from others. They get help from their friend Neville. But ultimately, they have to be prepared for the challenges that they face. And to do that, you have to do some research. So again, that's the lesson for us all. You can't survive in this world without learning how to do some research. And also this one, the prophecy, the mystery. How will we figure out what's in it how does it pertain to Harry's life? What does it have to do with him and Voldemort? Can either of them live while the other survives? This prophecy, this mystery, propels the narrative forward. It also includes Dumbledore's own revelations of his own memories and thoughts, the things that he stored up in the pensieve And this pensieve allows him to find some way to store up what Harry will later learn from. And Harry delves into those, sometimes with permission, sometimes without. And the quest at this moment in the sixth book is to find out what Professor Slughorn knows, what Professor Slughorn has repressed, doesn't want to talk about, because he's afraid to admit that he had something to do with what Voldemort became. Imagine a world where people didn't want to acknowledge their responsibility. And ultimately, it's convincing him, using and playing upon his own pride, that gets Slughorn to admit everything. And it gives them the knowledge they need to proceed It's also, though, that as they follow this quest and lean into the pensive and they learn what has happened, Harry learns more than he ever really thought he would know. And he learns from Dumbledore, about Dumbledore, and he learns upon the path that leads him to great sorrow, upon the loss of Dumbledore, that there are other versions of his life. That other people have stories about Dumbledore that Harry never knew, that Maybe Dumbledore kept from him, that he never divulged to him, that he kept to himself and maybe didn't trust Harry enough. And Harry starts doubting then his relationship. Did he ever even really know Albus Dumbledore? And so Rita Skeeter's work, the lies, the the mistruths, the incomplete truths, all these lead Harry to doubt a real relationship in his life. And then it's Hermione again that discovers in this book that they thought was only a source of confusion and frustration and maybe even evil. There's also a hint at what they need to keep going, the sign, the symbol of the Deathly Hallows. And then they're given the book of the Tales of Beetle the Bard. This is Hermione's gift from Dumbledore, his bequest. He wants her to have this book. He knows she will actually read it and learn from it. And then from it they learn the story of the three brothers and the Deathly Hallows and understand what it means but maybe the most that they ever learn along this journey toward greater knowledge comes from the memories of Severus Snape. And we know that upon entering into the Pensieve, Harry is able to learn a lot more truth that undoes all kinds of lies, all kinds of misunderstandings, all kinds of ways that he had misunderstood everything that had happened to him. And once he puts it in perspective and learns more about the true story of Severus Snape, he begins to understand the real story about the love that had protected him, the love that had guarded his life, the love that enabled him to lay down his life to save others and to destroy Voldemort and the evil that he represented. And it led him to know that he truly was loved. It might lead others to wonder if such a love like that is possible for them. What would Snape say? Always. It's always possible to be loved like that, to be protected by love and to learn along this journey of life that seems to be filled with all kinds of mysteries and questions and filled with all kinds of resources and ways that we can learn that ultimately the thing most worth learning is who you really are, how to really escape those things that are destroying you, and how to find the kind of love that redeems you and redeems our world. This is the story of Harry Potter. This is ultimately what it offers us. Among other things, a lot of interesting stories a lot of fun moments, but ultimately a fundamental story about how life can be lived when we are surrounded by all kinds of things we don't know and understand and all kinds of evil that tries to confuse us and distract us and keep us from learning the truth about who we really are and how life ought to be lived. We hope that as you enjoy the riding carnival today, you enjoy the fun parts of it, that you enjoy your lunch, and that you have a great day. You are dismissed. Coming home.